welcome to the Useful Marketing Podcast. I'm Paula Ronan, marketing consultant, coach and trainer. Joining me today is a lady I've had the honour of working with for many years now, Regina Mangan. She has not only transformed her own business, Liberty Blue Estate Agents, but I would say that she's been the influence for significant changes in the wider property industry too. Regina is very generous with sharing her learnings and insights. I hope that you find our chat useful. Well, hello, Regina. Hi, Paula. It's uh, amazing now. This podcast, this is episode 14, and I can't believe it's taken me this long to get you to come on and share some of your experiences in marketing with me. Hi, Paula. Delighted to be asked. Well, Regina, we were just having a chat before, and I was thinking, you were saying, that it must be coming up to about 10 years since we met at uh, Wexford Local Enterprise Office uh, event for women in business down in Wexford and a lot has happened since then. Oh a lot has happened and a lot hasn't happened because of you Paula. <laughs> <laughs> well that's good to know I think but uh, I was wondering now I've known you a long time and I've heard your story which is really fascinating several times but for the listeners who mightn't be aware of how you started off in the business and why you started off uh, and how you set up Liberty Blue Estate Agents. Would you mind taking us through sure. a little bit of your story? Set the business up um, 26 years ago. I was super young and clueless, um, very clueless actually, which probably stood to me. Um, my previous background was hotel management. I'd worked in the UK for about seven years for Forte Hotels, came home to Ireland, worked in Bray, worked in a hotel, hated it got an opportunity to move to Waterford to set up an apart hotel, came over the bridge, Good Friday, 1995, never looked back, and managed that apart hotel at Delphi Wharf for two years, and then saw a gap in the market for a property letting and management company. Now, what did I know about property letting and management? Zero. What I did know is that we had a lot of people calling to Delphi looking for long-term rentals. And the auctioneers at the time didn't really do it. But also, it was a different world back in 1997. There were, we operated via fax, telex. There was no Google. There was no Facebook. There was no Instagram. There was no social media. And believe it or not, people didn't have mobile phones. I actually hired a mobile phone that size when I was driving my car to Limerick one day. So, so it was a different world, a different landscape in terms of how did you promote your business? Um, not like the landscape today where we have so many opportunities presented to us and how cheaply we can do it. That's amazing. Now, I just want to pick up on something you said at the beginning of that, that you were clueless. Yes. And I wonder, is that one of the reasons that you're, you've been so successful in your marketing? Um, this... I remember when I was doing the uh, mini MBA in marketing with uh, Mark Ritson a couple of years ago. And one of the interesting things that struck me at the beginning of that course was he was, um, you know, encouraging everybody to be cu customer focused and to ha come with the attitude that you know nothing. Because if you come along and you, 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 uh, with that assumption that you know absolutely nothing, 
about what your customer thinks or feels or whatever, it makes you find out and it makes you try and put yourself in their shoes and build your business and your marketing around that. And the other thing, you say you knew nothing about property, but I think in the hospitality business, I imagine that you find out a lot about how to how to uh, service people, how to serve them, and how to make them happy. I think ultimately what you learn in the hospitality industry is problem solving. So at the end of the day, what we do is we solve problems and help people. And that's what I have been doing from a very young age, from the time I started at the airport hotel age 17 in Dublin. So it's it's a it's an attitude of helpfulness, if that makes any sense. So in Adelphi, that was how we built a successful business and how I set up my business. Somebody had a need and it was about helping them. Fantastic. And you carry that through now today in the estate agent business. Absolutely. Look, we have, I suppose, a mindset that we're here to serve, you know, now not at the detriment of ourselves, but, you know, um, our values and our mission and our vision give us a focus around how we do that and what our roadmap is. Brilliant. And Regina, I wonder, we've been together on a, an amazing journey in marketing, sure. I think. Yes. And uh, I wonder if you can share with everybody what, like a couple of maybe the lessons that you've learned along the way in marketing particularly. Well, I was thinking about this in advance to this conversation. And I think what we all have to remember is that everything is an evolution and that you can't become good at something without practicing. It's a bit like an expert in music or a musician who plays a beautiful instrument. They don't pick up the instrument and all of a sudden, you know, broadcast magnificent music. So if we want to be really good at what we do, it's about the flying hours. And when I look back at some of our videos, my videos in particular, going back five years ago, oh my God, I thought they were actually quite good. When I look back, they were stiff. You know, they, they lacked a bit of spontaneity. But you know what? I did my best at that time. And, and in order for me to become more comfortable and to be more natural and a bit more raw and real, I've had to put in those flying hours and my advice to anyone watching is you know perfection is the enemy of getting done and you know if you want to start video and you might doing video and you look at somebody god they're too good i'm crap at it i was crap when i started and you get better the more you do it just like playing an instrument and just like going to the gym you get fitter the more you go um, so in terms of mistakes, I don't regret anything. Um, some of what we've done, I think, was super cringy. But that was the right thing at the time. If I look at our logos, they weren't as slick or professional as they are now. But we did the best we could at the time with what we had and what we knew, if that makes sense. So like you know, all the time you're sharpening the saw and all the time I'm sharpening the saw. And I know you as a marketing expert, what I love about working with you is that you are constantly investing in yourself and you're always getting more education 
and I feel that you are up in your game and that means we work with a consultant who's you know up to speed with latest changes and trends but we shouldn't beat ourselves up and perfection is the enemy of John I would absolutely say that to anyone listening so the secret sauce in marketing is definitely video now and if you're not doing it you need to be doing it and it's all about practice so I've no regrets. I think of some crazy campaigns like where my, I had a, a cartoonist image of myself, Maria and Susan. And, you know, we were like Charlie's Angels jumping out of a helicopter, action women, we get stuff done. And you know what? It was a bit of disruption. There was people slagging us over it and saying, gee, you know, but I never wanted to blend in. So that's who I am. That's who the business is. We don't want to be the same as everybody else. And my advice to anyone who wants to progress in marketing or their business standing up, do mind this blending in stuff. And can I say, I think that takes an awful lot of courage. And I think like I've heard from people uh, when I mention you to them and they're like, oh yeah, she's great to do anything. And they, I think that they see you as somebody who is extremely confident but I feel that uh, doing videos, and especially at the beginning, it takes an incredible amount of courage. And you have to make yourself vulnerable mm. to get stronger. And I wonder, could you uh, maybe talk a little bit about where that courage came from and how you built it up? Well, I suppose maybe that's a conditioning thing. Um, I would, you know, I've always been... I suppose the type of person to stick my neck out. Um, I wasn't academic. Um, I did a secretarial course after school um, and I knew I had to play to my strengths. I guess one of the things that I'm good at is communication and speaking to people. So whatever we're good at, we've got to use it. So I'm a good communicator. Um, however, I would have been super, super nervous, super scared. And I still experience that from time to time. And I can tell you, I was the youngest president of, of Network Waterford. I think I was um, oh, 22 or 23 at the time. And I was scared. I remember I used to have, stand behind a pole and make sure that it always had a cover to cover my legs from wobbling. And then I joined Toastmasters. So it's again, for me, I think it's all about practice. So I, I wanted to be a good speaker. So I put in the flying hours. I did Toastmasters. I, I, I said yes to stuff and then said, how the hell will I do it? You know, figure it out then. Don't be waiting until you're ready. That's a big mistake. I was never ready for this. I just did it. Yes, I'll do it. Will I be president? Yes, I will. OMG, how am I going to do this? So I remember being at events where I knew if I asked a question in a large auditorium that I would be super scared when I put up my hand, but I just put it up and then asked the question because then the mic came. I knew I had to be a good speaker. And anybody, any of these really successful gurus would say to you, one of the key things in business, you want to be successful, you have to be a good communicator. I also knew for my own business, we had to have a profile. So networking, being part of group, organizations and speaking. So it's, again, it's air miles. Um, I contributed on a primetime show on RTE a few months back. And there was a high profile panel and it was about a very topical issue housing, of course. We we're in the middle of a housing emergency. 
But I super prepared for that. Like anyone else maybe going on and speaking for a short few minutes might do an element of preparation, but I intensely prepared. Um, I, I contributed with Bobby Kerr on News Talk doing the breakfast uh, review of the papers, but I stayed in a hotel that would deliver the papers at 4 a.m. I got up, wow. I read the papers. He told me I was the first person that ever went into him with the papers and had everything read. Wow. So it's not that I'm better, I'm never better, I prepare better. And to me, it's all about, you know, the more you prepare, the harder you work, they say, the luckier you get. Mm-hmm. And and to me, for anyone listening, that's it. I don't have any secret sauce, only that I really, if I'm speaking at something, I want to do a good job. And there are times where I know I could have done better. So I try and ask people for honest feedback. You know, where do you think I could have done better? And then there's other events where I know I've spoken really well. And the times where I know I haven't spoken really well, I've just maybe not gauged the audience right, or I just haven't given my best speech. Maybe it was off point. I do beat myself up a bit about it. And then I have to have a chat with myself and say, don't do that. But it would never stop me from doing it again. Brilliant. And you're able to look at the videos afterwards or hear the hear the audio and uh, to be able to take something from it and move on. I it think, might take a week or so now, yeah. to be honest, because I might be so cringed out with myself, but it's to get back on the horse. Yeah. Well, I think that that'd be really useful for people. Thanks for sharing that. One of, one of the things that you talked about there was the importance of standing out. Yes. And I find that um, working with uh, small businesses and micro businesses, um, there is a fear of standing out and taking a risk. And there's a general um, move with most businesses to want to look like others in their category. Yeah. That there is this thing about, oh, we, we need to look professional. And people in our category look like this. And it um, it's hard sometimes to convince people of the value that is that is in taking a risk and standing out so i wonder like if we can just talk for a minute about the risk like there's a risk people feel that risk and that fear of standing out because they think oh my god people are going to think i'm wacky or whatever um but about the risk of not standing out okay so when it comes to risk i think it's important to take a calculated risk and do a risk assessment okay so one doesn't want to stand out for the sake of standing out okay but you know I'm very mindful now um, about things fitting in with our brand personality because you've run that home and we understand what our values and our brand personality is. And even when you're not around, I can hear you screaming in my ear. That is not in line with our brand values and our I brand personality. <laughs> yeah, no, but I actually mean that in a in a in a fun way. Yeah. Um, no, but 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 you have to know who you are and what you're going for. So like got a call to go on the Joe Duffy show. Yeah, stand out to an interview. No, that's not aligned with the type of communication we want to do. So it's it's really about understanding what you're trying to achieve. So for example, again, the video, our competitors don't do videos every day. Um, but I am looking at other agents in Australia, UK, and the States who are doing video. So these are credible, professional 
agents that I'm learning from and getting inspiration from. And I think successful people um, have, uh, you know, you can learn from them and see what is working for them. Mm. So you emulate them, not the people you blend in. Mm. So I'm hoping I'm answering the question for you, Paula. So it's it's a tactical um, standing out effort. So I admire these people and follow them as opposed to maybe my peers in my space who don't do it. Mm. Um, I would definitely never want to do anything reckless um, and wouldn't want my team to do anything reckless with the view of standing out. And I guess we've to ask ourselves, well, why are we doing it? What's our why? So if we're, you know, doing our live after five um, and we do that consistently for the last three years, we're doing it because we're helpful experts because it is part of our um, mission. I was trying to think, was it our mission or our vision there for a minute? It's our mission. Our mission is to bring happiness to customers. I'm reading this and it's behind me. Colleagues in our community and to be known as helpful experts and champions of Waterford as a great place to live. So all those things we do to stand up are all aligned with our vision and our mission. I was just thinking of one of the small ways uh lately that uh, the small actions that you're taking to stand out is the introduction of the irish language for sale signs Absolutely. Uh, as somebody who lives in honoring yes and uh that is something that uh, i think aligns with those with that thinking uh in terms of standing out with a purpose and in line with your brand values and your brand personality yes. yeah. and so it's like you know it, it we're doing this because it's we're proud Irish business. It's bilingual, so it'll cater for people who don't speak Irish. Um, but it's standing out, but it's standing out for the right reasons and mm. it's aligned to our values yeah. um, and our community. And talking about standing out, everyone else has a particular shape sign. We're the only ones with a circular sign. Mm. We have our ladybird when we worked, collaborated together on the design. We do. We wanted our signage to stand out against the big brands like mm. Savills and that. So our sign is designed with that in mind. But then there's a ladybird, a nod, mm. right? Because she brings luck and abundance wherever she goes. So that's like again the standing out thing. Um, but we have a reason for it because we do believe in bringing luck and abundance to mm. people. Yeah. So there's a reason for everything. Fantastic. That's brilliant. Um. Another question that I, I uh, wanted to ask you about, um, because I, as I said, I think at the beginning, um, you're, it's great, it's a joy to work with you because you're one of the best implementers um, that I've ever worked with. And this morning you said the best, so now I'm oh, sorry, the best, the best <laughs> competitive <laughs> person. Um, uh, about the brand marketing versus tactical marketing um you do a lot of tactical marketing um but you you, you're not afraid to invest in brand activity as well and i wonder if you'd talk a little bit about that so this is the brand marketing that is promoting awareness of liberty blue and what liberty blue stands for in the marketplace rather than simply pointing people towards making an inquiry and simply having the click um paper click ads look everything comes back to trust in our business and unfortunately uh, realtors across the world 
the trust level from uh, the public tends to be low. So it's very important to us. Like one of our values is that we do the right thing and trust is everything. You can't do the right thing 50 or 80% of the time. You gotta do it all the time, even especially when it doesn't suit you, mm. right? Yeah. Um, so trust is everything. And so in terms of brand, it's very important that as a brand, we know what our brand colors are, that everything is consistent and what is a brand, right? Now I'm not a marketing expert, you're the marketing expert, but it's it's how a consumer sees you and how the consumer, what does the consumer feel about you? Um, and I think it can it has to be a whole holistic um experience. So I think it starts with our colors. We are proud waterford company hence the blue which aligns back to the data liberty strong right statue of liberty and the ladybird bringing luck and abundance wherever she goes and then our values and our mission it's all aligned so in terms of our branding um everything has to kind of feed into that our why um and so we have a sign in reception so if ever the team deviate, I just say, have a look at the sign. For example, one of our values is we take pride in everything we do. So that means we have beautiful photographs. We present our client's home as beautiful as is feasible for the client and for us with our advice. We try to have a beautiful office with music playing. We have a beautiful meeting room that I invested in because I wanted the team to feel good. And when we have our charity coffee morning, we want to have beautiful cakes. Um, it's just a whole experience from start to finish. And so if one of the team takes a photo, it happened once, but there's a bin in front of the photo. I said, hang on a minute. We take pride in everything we do. And then I heard that, but, but, but. And I went, there is no but. You can't have a bin in front of the photo. So it's not, there's no one silver bullet, in my opinion, in terms of a brand. A brand is a feeling that people get about your business. And we all have our own brands as well. And I'm always saying our reputation is so important and what we put out on social media, you know, so how do we write things? Are we caring? Are we considerate? Do we sell homes just for the money? Obviously, we're a commercial entity. We want to make money. But I think if you do the right thing with the view of helping people, the money follows. Brilliant. That is really great. And I just want to um, talk a little bit now as well about more about your brand. The strap line that you have and we uh, we came up with at the very beginning, based on what I saw going on with Liberty Blue versus the competition, the strap line is smarter, faster, better. What does that mean to you now? And how has that changed over those 10 years? Look, I suppose over 26 years even, I mean, you're sharpening the saw, but you made a very kind comment about me being a great implementer. You see, there's shelf self-development and shelf development. You know, I'm very conscious about implementing. All of us have all of this information bombarding us on social media and books and audio and podcasts and YouTube. Sometimes you can overload yourself with information, but I suppose it's to figure out what your why is and where you're going and then 
putting a plan in place and execution is everything. So I don't know any more than anybody else, but I suppose what I do believe in is getting the job done. And in order to get the job done, we need to be smarter, faster, and better. So what I mean by smarter, back a few years ago, I didn't really know what smarter meant. So I, Marie and I asked Marie, we don't know what we don't know. She's like, what does that mean? And I've heard that since. We don't know what we don't know. So that's where continuous learning is very important. We went to a conference, a tech conference in London. I met this guy called Christian. He's like a Viking with beard. And he was my inspiration for change. I heard him speak about his business. He's a tech guru with a really successful estate agency in London called BASE, B-A-S-E. Anyway, I invited us over. And I suppose he didn't expect me to show up on my door, on his door three weeks later. But again, I knew, I take my notes, I go to an event, I said, I go book the flights, just drive on, get it done. I saw, we saw how his business functioned and that was the roadmap for the future for our business. The technology that we saw, the phones were quiet, his Google reviews, you know, how he ran his business, the technology for maintenance, everything. It was night and day compared to our office at the time, which looked like the busiest airport terminal you ever saw, right? So all these people were coming in. And what I learned with PropTech is that the future is about and the future back then is now, is about self-service platforms, i.e. the people need to be able to access information when they want, not when it suits us. Mm. So over the space of four, three, four years, we implemented 14 pieces of technology, mm. which went from inventory base and app for you know logging property inspections that we manage, um, how people sign contracts, um, how people upload their references, their data, you know, and then GDPR regulations came in and we were ahead. And of course, COVID hit. So we were ahead. I have a line in the office, let's be in front of this and not behind it. That mm. is kind of how I function, mm. you know. So when COVID hit, we actually rented over the space of six months a lot of properties because the receiver or as an asset management company rather contacted us with a bulk load of properties. Mm. And we couldn't leave our homes, but we had the technology, but we got our cleaners to do the videos. So we have a kind of a mindset of innovation and, and stepping up, Yeah. right? And then we had FaceTime and we had all this technology, you know, that enabled us to do it. And then we have 350 managed properties where one of the team was able to, from home, deal with all the maintenance logging, tutorials on it how they could fix it themselves when the contractors couldn't go to the property so that's smarter because it's reduced the man hours required because of the technology mm. faster is not a not like hasty fast but faster is like ahead mm. so in terms of the implementation it meant that when covid hit maria turned around and she said oh my god thank god we're in front of it mm. so we were faster with our implementation mm. And then better is not necessarily better than everyone else. It's better than we were. Mm. It's about continuous improvement. Let's be better than we were six months ago. I believe this week we're better than we were three weeks ago because we're analyzing our processes and trying to do things better. Mm. Instead of sending emails now, you know, it's about shared communication. It's about having shared documents where everyone can access information. 
She's smiling because I'm crap at that. <laughs> right. I'm working on it. So, so really it's recorded now. So smarter, faster, better is thinking smart. Faster is about executing and, and, and working towards the future and, and how you can be in front of things and better for us to be better than we were. Brilliant. Because when that was uh, initially um, decided on, it was really about enhancing the customer experience, which it still does. But now I think it's become, uh, it, it has uh, become to mean so much more. Which and it, we have some fun about it in the yeah. office. If someone's taken their time on an email, we go, guys, remember, we're smarter, faster, better. <laughs> very good, very good. Um, the other thing I just want to touch on is the involvement that you have with the community of Waterford, uh, which, you know, I think it'd be useful for people listening to this podcast and watching uh, to to learn something about, I suppose, the holistic marketing view, um, because not only do you do marketing to your customers directly and in the kind of expected media channels, uh, you also really touch on the community of Waterford in different ways. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and uh, why you do it and what it means to you and the brand? Well, I suppose, first of all, um, we care, mm. right? And like, I don't think you can do something because it's what you're meant to do for marketing. It's it's really got nothing to do with marketing, in my opinion. I'm sorry about it. Probably the wrong answer. It's about doing the right thing. Yeah. Right. And yeah. what does it feel to do the right thing? And if we we if we or I can help somebody and do good, there is nothing like that feeling. Mm. You know, it's called givers gain, mm. right? And like our coffee morning hosted with Julia Lohr every year. It's a big effort that goes into it, but by God, it's probably one of our favorite days of the year. Mm. So we have great fun. We collect money for our uh, St. Vincent de Paul, which is a really important charity for people who need help in our community. We are part of that community. We're not like separate. We have nothing without our community. Mm. And, um, you know, I also grew up in an environment that was difficult at times and uh, we didn't have very much money mm. and so uh, that has probably motivated me to have my own money and to have a successful business and um, a lot of entrepreneurs say that I didn't go to university so I know what it feels like to not have enough mm. as a child and I am in a privileged position where we can do a little bit mm. um, and we enjoy it and you know there are a few charities that I have a fondness for in particular, and one needless to say anything to do with homelessness or poverty, because there are three things that we as humans need: we need a roof over our head, we need food, and we need clothes. Mm. And I think sometimes we as people maybe forget that we don't need all this stuff. Mm. You know, these are the three primary needs that a lot of people don't have. And we have fun doing it. Mm. Um, so I suppose we do it for fun and it's the right thing to do. And we want to be part of our community. I'm a member of Rotary and I think Rotary is an amazing organization and Rotary raises a lot of money for charity and there's some great people involved and you know we're involved in the Christmas tree which where the funding goes towards the hospice and 
something that we all need, mm. you know, either later on in our lives or mm. for our parents and yeah. family. So it's a privilege to be able to do that. And let's not forget that is one day maybe knock on our own door. Mm. So um, we have a duty, actually. Right. Yeah. yeah well that that's great to hear you know it's uh it's uh taking the human the human element of the business and uh being realistic about where you're living and where you're coming from and who you're dealing with and uh, the needs of, of yeah you. and i know as the marketing expert you would like us always to sort of talk about how who we've always helped but there are things we support and and help um like the syrian refugees one year but like Sometimes I don't want to share that, you yeah, know, because yeah. it just doesn't feel right, yes, you know. Yeah. Um, that's just yeah. how it is. Because look, let's face it, we're not shy about promotion. Yeah. We don't have to promote everything. <laughs> very good, very good. So, well, what does the future hold? Do you think, Regina? You've you've done such Trojan work over the last twenty five years. Twenty six. Heading for twenty seven. And. Um, uh, what where are you going and what what's the future holding for you well look i think it's important to um to just give um a shout out to marie clifford who's the other director marie's with me 20 years in january 20 years wow um so no man is an island so i can't take the credit for it um i have an amazing team and speaking about team like you are part of our team 10 years working with you paula when i said in the beginning that you've helped us with so much and stopped us from other stuff stuff we shouldn't have been doing obviously that we didn't do because we said no and in terms of our branding design and why we were doing it because when i first met you marie and i were delighted we had this draft logo and you were like hang on a minute <laughs> why have you got that and what's your brand personality and what's your vision and your mission i was like hmm yeah so i didn't really know what that was 10 years ago actually yeah about 10 years ago so you know, you educated us, you helped us, you brought us on. We learned so much from you. And in terms of the team, you know, we've got Cormac, who is was an estate agent with us for 10 years, left for two years to do something else. And then I dragged him back in and said, I see your social media is really strong. I've got this vision and plan to drive things on in terms of our marketing and our social media. And that was five years ago. So anyone listening, it doesn't just have to be your core team bring in the experts. I've always believed in investing, and I'm sorry I deviated from the question, but it's important to say that during COVID, most of our competitors down tools because everyone was scared. We were all scared, I was scared. But I read something a number of years ago about Kellogg's. Mm. When World War II happened, they decided to accelerate their marketing. Yeah. That was in 1945. When the war ended, they owned the cereal market. So I said, if Kellogg's did it during World War II, we're going to do it in COVID. Mm. So we put the foot to the floor. Mm. And there were days I didn't feel like doing videos. Those days I was crying. I was up at six mm. o'clock in the morning. I was stressed out, managing a team remotely, worrying. All that stuff went on. And then I remember one day, I apologize. I don't think we'd be able to continue with our services mm. for a while. Mm. That lasts about 24 hours, and then I realized, no, I'm over that, <laughs> right? So we accelerated. We came out of COVID. We grew our sales listings because of what we did over the two years during COVID. Mm. So your marketing is the most important investment that you will make to drive your business on a sensible marketing they measured, mm. okay, aligned with your brand values and your vision and your mission and all of that. So in terms of the future, it's about... I suppose 
working on what we have, sharpening the saw further. I do have a couple of things in my mind. Um, so um, I probably say it out here because if I say it, I'll have to do it, right? Yeah. Um, I definitely want to develop a YouTube channel mm. um, and, and drive that, okay? Um, I have a book coming out. Um, so this is the first time I've said this out loud. Okay, I've kept it super quiet because I didn't want anyone to tell me not to do it. And then I was worrying about my own doubts in my head. But look, I've driven on anyway, and um, it's it should be ready to come out just before Christmas. Um, Fantastic. Will, will I share the title? Please do, yes. Smarter, faster, better, what else? <laughs> um, so I'm excited about the book. And look, one of our values is, our, is that we are helpful experts. And I always wanted to write a book. And then I set myself a deadline, my son's birthday, the 22nd November, and I think I'm nearly there. Brilliant. Right. And that was last November in London. Mm. And I have written this book with the view to being a helpful expert and to give some, I hope, um, nuggets for other agents. And I haven't written this book with the view that we have the biggest agency, that we're the most profitable, that we sell the biggest houses, that we sell the most houses. No, but we are a profitable business that's doing well um, over 26 years that has grown from nothing. Um, we have seven seven um, staff, um, but we, we, we have a lot of contractors. Mm. Um, but I've made a lot of mistakes along the way and there's a lot of them highlighted. Well, mistakes are like gold dust. And I've shared this mm. with a view to hopefully saving some others some pain. And I talk about the boss, my boss, my boss coming over that bridge in 1995, Good Friday, and the people that I have on my boss. And I'm glad that you're on my boss. <laughs> so the book is coming out. I really want to develop a rock star training culture here and where that will go in terms of what will happen over the next few years we'll see brilliant uh very exciting i actually can't wait to see it i'll have to pre-order the book straight away though today and i would like to mention that i have an amazing team yeah i have an amazing team that i am so proud of john uh our general manager i spoke about maria clifford i couldn't have come this distance with the business without her we are yin and yang mm. it's amazing everybody needs it mm. um and then we have marge's training as an estate agent dara who is also an agent in training he's been with us the last year and he started sales and marketing assistant so it's really exciting to see him moving into the space of becoming a licensed mm. estate agent i'm very proud of him um, and then we have Liana and Risha, who, by the way, are based in South Africa, working full time. Mm. So that's innovation. Wow, yeah. Um, and um, we have um, Anne Marie, who joined the team a month ago. Um, and so we have an amazing team. Brilliant. Well, well done. And that strong backbone of the culture, with that brand mission, is I I think why you can have remote remote uh, workers and you can have outsourced people because everybody knows who they're working for and they know their why as you uh, so succinctly said explained there yeah yeah and you know in terms of doing the right thing doing the right thing by your people is very important so we want to work with clients who are respectful to my people yeah. because they come 
they play a huge part, every part in how we can have a successful business. Brilliant. Well, listen, thank you very much. We've got so much out of that now, Regina. Thanks uh, it, for asking really, Ah, you're very Thanks welcome. Really. And uh, I hope that everybody listening or watching has found it very useful. And I'm no doubt that they have. Thank you. Heard me Huge thanks to Regina for taking time out to talk to me and thanks to you for listening. I hope you found it as interesting as I did. Look out for Regina's book. I'll share the link to buy when it's on sale in the notes for this episode. That's it for this episode of the Useful Marketing Podcast. Until next time, I'm Paula Ronan, Marketing Consultant, Coach and Trainer.